This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. My name is Ryan Bruss, and I'm blessed to be one of the producers for It's Supernatural. And today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Steve Stewart. Now, let me tell you about Steve just for a moment. He is going all over the world teaching people how to pray for the sick. He's seeing miracles everywhere he goes. He's seeing the lame walking, deaf ears opening, the mute speaking, pain leaving by cancers uh, being uh, delivered from people's bodies, AIDS being healed. These things, many of these things are verified by the doctor. These are not just good stories. These are uh, real testimonies. And Steve has literally taught thousands of people over the years on how to be a carrier of the kingdom authority in healing and in the manifestation of the presence of God everywhere he goes. He teaches people, like I said, how to pray for the sick. And before this uh, time is over with, with, with Steve, myself, and you listening, you will have, I'm telling you, you will have a passion to go do what Steve is telling us to go do. Steve, welcome to Messianic Vision. Thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Now, you teach people how to bring the kingdom wherever you go. What does that mean, bringing the kingdom? Well, I I think it means, theologically, I could say it means bringing the the rule of God um, wherever we go. What I would put it in practical terms is I think it means the restoration of life as God intended it to be. And that's why you just alluded to the healings that we see. I think when a when a little girl who was blind can now see, that's the restoration of the life that God always had for her. Um, but in the same time, if we bring food to starving kids, that too is the restoration of life as God intended it to be. I think the gospel of the kingdom touches every part of life, Brian. And I think it's true to say that Jesus did that himself with the feeding of the multitudes. He he had compassion, which is a area that you talk about, that you carry wherever you go around the world. Yeah, I, I really, uh, one of the things I like to teach people is that the, the foundation uh, of the kingdom is compassion. That's what motivated Jesus. He was moved with compassion. We see it again and again. And I think as we get uh, more and more the heart of Christ, we get more and more of a heart for people. And what I love about the kingdom of God, it's empowered compassion. It isn't just, oh, I feel bad, but that we're able to to change the situation because we have the Holy Spirit. Now, is every believer called to do the works of the kingdom? I'm talking about, see, you, you've you told me that you don't necessarily have a gift of healing. You're just doing the good stuff. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt, we are all called to do this. Um, the Lord said, heal the sick. 
Uh, it's interesting. He never said pray for the sick. You won't find that in the Gospels. He said heal the sick. But we're all called to that. And this is one of the things that I love to do is let people realize from the beginning they're called to this. You know, I was, I was uh, just a few months ago in uh, East Samar in the Philippines, and we did a, an outdoor meeting at the end of the day. We'd been doing water filters and food and so forth. But at the end of the day, the community gathered. I shared Christ, and, and many came forward for, for salvation. And then I had our team just go out and, and pray for the sick, which is what we do. I went over to a young girl and uh, prayed for her. She was healed. And then I told her, that was Jesus who healed you. Mm. That was a gift. He's got another gift. He wants to be with you forever. Do you want to have Jesus with you? And so she opened up her heart to the Lord. I, so I said, that's great. Come with me now. And we walked about 40 feet away to, you know, the crowds all around getting prayer. And I took her to someone, and I said, now watch. And I prayed, and, and the girl, the other gal was healed. And I said, did you see that? And we led her to the Lord. And then the next one, I said, now you do it, and I'll watch you. Uh. And then the next one, you do it, and I'll watch you. And then I said, you've got it now. And we moved on. That's that's really what I think is how it works. So let's do this. You have a powerful world impact. Your ministry is doing so many wonderful things. Take me, take the people listening to a country that you're in. You 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 land, you get off the airplane, and what happens from there from start to finish? What what are you doing? What are you involved in? Okay, sure. Um let's see, pick a country. Um I'll pick Uganda right now. Um we would have people fly in from all over the developed world. And then we would uh, gather together. I would take a day or two teaching them, praying for them, taking them out with me, and then they would go do it. And what they would do is um, we would do mobile medical clinics. We always have medical people come with us. We would distribute uh, water filters because unsafe drinking water is the number one health issue in the world. Uh, we would distribute, if it was Uganda, we'd be distributing uh, anti-malarial mosquito nets because malaria kills over 110,000 every year, and, and a mosquito net's the best way to stop that. But also, every day, every one of those folks, while they're doing all that, they would be healing the sick and leading people to Christ. Um, in the evening, we would kind of gather whatever community we've been doing all this stuff in, and and they would gather, and it would be anything from 300 to 1,500 people would gather and uh, preach Christ. People would get uh, saved, and they'd be out getting them healed. Uh, while they're doing all those activities in the daytime, I'm working with pastors and leaders, teaching them about making disciples and church planting, so that everybody who comes forward and receives the Lord, we get their information, and, and the next day they're followed up on so that uh, typically a person who comes on a journey of compassion, uh, they would be uh, about a 12-day trip, and you take away two days of training, so maybe 10 days of ministry, uh, they would, I mean, every one of them would have prayed for at least 100 people, and maybe some of the, some of the people would be six, seven, eight hundred people, and they would see... Uh, they'd see them healed. I mean, we've now, I think we're pushing 1,300 registrants now on our trips. 
and they all see God use them to heal the sick. Well, I understand that everyone that you train sees miracles when they pray for others. Yeah, but all I'm really doing is showing them a few simple keys, and I'm saying, this is your inheritance. This is what we get to do. We get to bring the reality of the kingdom of God uh, to people's lives. Now, you said that a lot of people's motto is, we get ready, then we learn, and then we go. But you, you say, no, 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 no. We get ready, we go, and then we learn. Tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we've we've even had T-shirts from the past that said, uh, "Ready, fire, aim." Um, you know, Jesus said in in uh, Matthew nine thirteen, he said, "Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, compassion. Go and learn." What we do historically is we think we need to get more and more information. And so we, we learn and we learn and we learn and we learn and we never really get around to going. Uh, it's like ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim. When we step out, we learn in the doing. So I get to the pleasure of watching uh, many times a year as we take people. I get to watch them grow before my very eyes, before their very eyes. They grow in authority they grow in confidence, they grow in anointing, and of course they grow in experience. So it sounds like the bridge between the desire to do it and the manifestation is just doing it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know, you you said, what would it be like if you came on a journey of compassion? Well, typically, and it varies all the time, but typically maybe... 40% of the people have been on another journey. Well, I will always pair them up. I mean, Jesus sent people out two by two. And uh, so they get to watch, and then they get to do it with the other one watching, and then they've got it, right? And, uh, and so, But what makes it happen is the willingness to take that deep breath and say, okay, I'll step out and do it. You know, Ryan, this morning, very early this morning, I drove two guys to the airport because— um, as you know, last week we had Hurricane Matthew, and so far more than a thousand dead in Haiti, and uh, cholera has broken out, and it's it's very dangerous situation. So we sent these two guys in with enough water filter systems for oh about twelve thousand people, and uh, they will heal the sick and they'll lead them to Jesus. But of course, they're going to get clean water so they don't get cholera. One of the guys who went, I remember on his first journey of compassion, which was in Africa, uh, this would be a, two, three years ago, after I taught them, on the second day I was done a little early, I said, why don't you guys just go out two by two, go out into the community, and I made a joke. I said, pray for anything that isn't bolted down. Nah. And Rick, Rick went out, and he made it about 100 yards, and he saw a bunch of kids, and he called them over and said, hey— who needs prayer? And while he was talking to them, he saw one other kid still out in the field by himself. And he said, hey, why didn't he come? And they said, oh, that's Jeffrey. He didn't hear you. He's deaf. So he said, go get him. So he went and got him, and he brought him. Now, this is Rick's very first time after getting out of the, out of the, the, the classroom, so to speak. 
And he prayed for this boy, and the Lord totally and completely opened up his ears. Uh, in fact, an hour later, when Rick came back from town, he saw Jeffrey across the field. He shouted, hey, Jeffrey, and he turned and waved at him. Well, again, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. And you see, there's a good example. And it just came to my mind because of sending him off to Haiti this morning. There's an example. We don't need lots and lots and lots of training and experience. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, this is a putting you on the spot question. There is a perception, and it may just be a perception or maybe some reality to it, that overseas ministry, Uganda, uh, different parts of Africa, of course, and just different parts around the world, the Philippines, there's a perception that it's easier to get people healed over there than it is in the United States or, you know, more English-speaking countries. So how do we take everything that you're teaching, everything that you say, all these wonderful materials that we're going to offer on how to get people to do the gospel, how do we see this happen at the places where we have dinner, where we have coffee, at our high schools, at our churches? How do we see it right where we're at? That's a great question. In fact, the, the question, why do we see it more overseas than here, is the number one question I've been asked for 25 years. The, uh, the answer is this. The way we see it happen is we, um, all around us, there are there's sickness, there's pain, there's emotional and uh, family pain all around us. Um, in Isaiah 61.3, he says that he gives beauty instead of ashes. And, and what I encourage people to do is, is Lord, would you, would you show me the ashes in people's lives? And, Ryan, if you get that prayer in your spirit, you won't, you won't make it till Friday yeah, without yeah. hearing I like that. That's somebody good. At, the next, at the next table at Starbucks saying to their friend, oh, man, I've had this headache for two days. Or, or a neighbor who's terrified because they think their kid's on drugs or whatever it may be. Here's the key. Here's how we move from theory to practice. It's with five simple words. Instead of when we hear that stuff thinking, oh, that's too bad, or even thinking when I get home, I'm going to pray for them, we turn and we say out loud, may I pray for you? When I get people to learn those five words, it changes everything. I, I can tell you stories from... Where I live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, from Patterson, New Jersey, from Hartford, Connecticut, uh, from well, all over the place, all over the place, Canada, Australia. The key is people take a deep breath and they say, may I pray for you? Did you know this? Christian sociologists um, studied this probably 15 years ago, and they found that only Five percent of believers ever ask that question outside the safety of their church building or their own home. So when you step out with those five words, may I pray for you, whether it's at the supermarket or at Starbucks or over the back fence, you've just entered into the five percent that get to see God move in, in, in uh, releasing the kingdom. So it's about as simple as that. Now, let me make this point. I am not a triumphalist. 
I do not say if we pray for them, they have to get healed. No. Uh, St. Augustine said, um, he said that uh, God's a mystery. He said, if we understand God, then he isn't God. And although I have seen wonderful things you mentioned in the, in the introduction, you know, I've seen, I don't even know how many people healed of cancer, which I only say if they come back with the medical reports, AIDS, etc., etc. After all the years, and if you want in a minute, I can tell you how I got into this journey, but after all these years of praying for the sick, I watch more and more and more healing to where I, I am honestly, sincerely surprised now if I pray for someone and they're not healed. And I certainly didn't start there. Well, here's my prayer, that the people listening, both on this interview and even in the TV show, would have those five words embedded in their heart, because it really ministered to me the way you said it like that, may I pray for you. It's a matter of stepping out. Yeah. May I pray for you? And I am I believe that the people listening right now, Steve, are catching that, that, that the hopeful statement, easy statement, five simple words that everybody listening needs to begin to just step out. Make a point today, this week, to use somewhere in your life, outside of your normal setting, outside of your family, outside of your church, say those five simple words. May I pray for you. Now, Steve, you have some wonderful teachings. You have a book called When Everything Changes. I like that. In a four CD set called Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. Now, let me tell you something. These materials will make you want to come alive to do what God's called you to do. And it's time for me, for you to move in new realms of healing and not just talk about it in theory like Steve had mentioned earlier, but to now move in these new realms of, of healing and miracles. It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen from you, from your body, the sickness and the pain. It's time to go. And it's time for you and I to learn how to go teach others to do the same. In fact, it's time for you and I to learn how to partner with God, to see that fresh release. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a participator in all that God is doing in my life. Now, Steve sees that when he trains people the God way, the kingdom way, they are seeing miracles in their own life when they pray for others, when they pray for themselves. I want you to get this book in four CD set when everything changes and moving in the rhythm of the kingdom. When we come back, Steve is going to share some more about how his healing journey began in some amazing testimonies of people that received their miracle in foreign countries and in the U.S. We'll be right back. Steve Stewart started out being too afraid to pray for people. Then, as God gave him the keys to access God's kingdom, he began seeing many miracles, including blind eyes seeing, deaf ears hearing, lame walking, pain leaving, cancer and AIDS being healed, verified by doctors. Now, Steve not only sees hundreds of people healed when he prays, but also the people he trained share that they too are seeing miracles when they pray for others. Now, he wants to mentor you. Call now and get Steve Stewart's powerful book, When 
everything changes. And his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9455. Through Steve Stewart's powerful book, When Everything Changes, you will understand that it is God's delight to heal everyone. Find out that every believer is called to do the works of the kingdom. Understand that God's kingdom is much more accessible than you ever imagined. Learn how to be an active participant in the kingdom, not just a spectator. Find out keys to begin seeing healing and miracles released and increased in and through your life. Learn how to move when God moves and see miraculous breakthroughs. Steve Stewart's four-part audio CD teaching set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, includes five powerful sessions with teaching, training, practical application, and impartation. Begin to see the kingdom of God powerfully released in your life, including your workplace, school, neighborhood, church, and family. It's like having Steve Stewart personally train you as he teaches the keys to healing, miracles, deliverance, and sharing the gospel of God's kingdom with others. I've trained over 10,000 people who've gone out and healed the sick. I take people with me to nations around the world and they all heal the sick every day. Many of them are absolutely brand new. Included in these resources are powerful prayers of impartation. When someone is moving in healing, that is the dinner bell for salvation. You stop being a spectator. You become an active participant. And I want you to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater. I can't wait to get in your hands the book, When Everything Changes, and the four CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. It's time to receive your own healing and be used to pray for others. Get ready to enter into the realm of God's kingdom. Call now and get Steve Stewart's powerful book, When Everything Changes, and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9455. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9455 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Okay, welcome back. We are here with our guest, Steve Stewart, and we are talking about five simple words. May I pray for you? And Steve has an amazing uh, ability to train people to be used to pray for the sick. I'm not just talking about you laying your hands on everybody, which that's a big part of it, but how to receive your own healing so you don't go through life sick. And we'll talk about that in a little while, how how much uh, hope is restored to people when they get healed and delivered and so on and so forth. Now, Steve, everybody has a journey. What is your healing journey? How did you get into all this? Okay. Well, um, I met Christ in 76, and that was just an encounter in my bedroom, and, and there you go. I didn't really know anything. I was not highly churched before that. In 1977 was the first time I prayed for somebody. You know, Ryan, I had just led my oldest friend to the Lord a few days earlier, and I'm telling them all the great stuff that Jesus does and all the stuff that I'd read about in the Gospels, right? And uh, I remember it was a Friday night, and the phone rang, and someone from the church phoned me and said, my sister's been in a terrible car accident. She's got uh, 
broken vertebrae, crushed disc. Would you please come pray for her? To this day, I don't know why they would have asked me. I was a young Christian. Who knows? But I couldn't get out of it. So I said, okay. So I turned to my friend, Paul. I said, well, this is what they've asked us to do. And, of course, he is a four- or five-day-old believer. says, wow, this is great. And all I'm thinking on the inside is, oh, yeah, this is great. So we drove there. And I remember going into the house, and, and she was on a bed in terrible pain. And everybody's looking to me, please, you know, pray for her. So I start to pray, and I just don't even know what to do. And then somebody says, aren't you going to anoint her with oil? And I'm thinking, what is that? <laughs> so I said, oh, of course, of course, yes. And they, they got a probably a bottle of Crisco, and I just dumped it on this poor woman because I had no idea what they were talking about. So if she didn't get healed, she'd at least be slippery. That's funny. Um, I prayed for her, and it was I remember— my mind just went blank. It was this miserable little prayer that just kind of dribbled down the front of my shirt. When I was done, they all looked at me like, that's it? <laughs> and in his mercy, Jesus totally, completely healed her. She had the next day 36 uh, x-rays that showed before and after. There was, there was nothing. So that was how I started in 77. And uh, I was so excited about... God using me like that, that I went right out, and in 1983, I prayed for my second person. Uh, and, uh, six years later. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, six years later, I was good. And it was a neighbor. My wife said their little guy's got hydrocephalus, uh, water on the brain. They don't know. They're so worried. Would you go pray for him? And I went over, and I didn't even know them, really, and I, I went in, and I... I asked if I could pray, and they took me into the little guy, and uh, I just prayed. And again, the same thing. I could hardly, you know, figure out what to say, and it's like my brain went blank. And uh, a couple of days later, they came over to my wife, the, the mother, the wife came over to my wife and said, it's the strangest thing. We took him back in again today, and they can't find anything. He's He's, in, he's perfect. So that's how it started for me. It was then uh, about a year later, I was at a I was at a conference. Uh, it was actually a John Wimber conference, first one I'd ever been to, and at a workshop on healing, there was a an altar call, a challenge to come forward if you'd be willing to pray for two hundred people. I said, if you pray for two hundred, you'll never stop. Well, I thought, hmm. Let's see, six years, uh, I prayed for two people. Man, I'm not going to live long enough for that. So I came forward, and it's like the Holy Spirit just arrested me. And and to my recollection, he, I think he actually said, don't mess around. This is serious. And it's like, whoa, I knew it was just a really holy moment. So I said, okay, Lord, I will. And then I started to pray for the sick. And... Uh, I just didn't stop, and it it carried on, and it carried on, and and then uh, I was pastoring, and uh, each uh, each of, I was a church planter, planted a number of churches, and each time uh, it was built around us going out into the community to care for the community in practical ways and supernatural ways, and uh, of course people respond. You know, Ryan, when we say, "May I pray for you?" The enemy lies to us. He always says they're going to say no. 
I've gone as long as two years without someone politely saying mm. no thank you to me. Mm. Uh, two years where everyone says yes. So that's the reality, you see, because everyone was made for the kingdom. It's in our DNA. It's the creator's stamp, whether we know it or not. So it's really a way of connecting the kingdom by simply saying, may I pray for you? So that's uh, that's how I got started, and it went from, from there to, you know, doing the churches, and then I started going to the nations. And uh, what happened for me, a real uh, turning point, Ryan, for me was in uh, 2003, I was flying back from Seoul, Korea. I'd been doing a conference for Christian businessmen. And in the middle of the flight, the presence of the Lord just came around me. And uh, you never know when he's going to do that, do you? I, I'm sure I was not, not a spiritual time. I was probably reading a Sports Illustrated or something, and suddenly God was there. And he said this to me. He said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'll let you do anything. Mm. And my answer was this, and I did not know it was going to redirect all the rest of my life. I said, Papa, if I can do anything, then with the rest of my life, I want to rescue lives. I want to rescue them spiritually. I want to rescue them medically, educationally, socially. I want to rescue lives. And he and my wife are the only ones who knew I said that, but it opened the door, you see. Everything happens in the Spirit, doesn't it? And it opened the door, and suddenly people I'd never heard of started phoning and emailing me. Can you come to this country? Can you come to that country? And that's how it started. That's how Impact Nation started. And so that now, as I said earlier, we've had, I think we're at about 1,300 people have registered and come on journeys with us. And we're doing projects around the world, even as we speak today. There's projects going on in several countries. And it all started with that question, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? So I, there's my journey. I like that. The Here's this is a good time to talk about even right now uh, uh, some of the keys that you have found some of the greatest keys. Give me a couple uh, to healing. I think one is so obvious. It's expectation. And uh, Jesus said, you know, the measure that you use will be used to you. I think that's Mark four twenty four. What he means is what you expect is what you're going to get. And the interesting thing about praying for the sick or anything in the kingdom is that if you will step out at the level of expectation you've got, even if it's very little, if you'll step out, God honors that, and, and you'll see God do something. And that means even for my own life, right? Yeah. And as you begin to do it, your expectation goes up. And when your expectation goes up, you see more. And when you see more, the expectation goes up, and it's this positive spiral that goes on and on. So expectation is one really big one. I'm not going to give them all to you, but I'll give you a few keys, okay? There's a really big one for me where Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, remember he said, who do you say I am? And Matthew 16, 16, Peter says, Yes. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's a high water mark in, in Matthew's narrative. Well, um, 
Jesus responded with some interesting things. First of all, he said, that was revelation, Peter. You didn't figure that out yourself. And then he said, this revelation is, is a foundation I'm going to build my church on. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And then in verse 19, he said this. He said, from now on, Peter, whatever you release on earth is released in heaven. And the preposition there means in or from heaven. Now, he just said, oh, I know who you are. You're, you're the Christ. And there's a sense I would have thought Jesus would have said, you're right, and I've got all authority. And, but he said, you're right, and here's a key to, to unlocking that. He says, whatever you release, whatever you release in Pittsburgh is released from heaven. Whatever you release in Sydney, Australia is released from heaven. Let me tell you a brief story. I took a team to Mexico, and uh, the first night we'd done a clinic and we'd done feeding and stuff, but that night we had a whole bunch of the community come out, many hundreds. And I uh, was preaching Christ, and people were coming to the Lord. But one of our team members, his very first trip, the Lord gave him a word of knowledge, which is some of the teaching on that, doing the gospel, how to get words of knowledge. And so out of that, they brought forward this 12-year-old boy who had been born mute. He wasn't deaf, but he was mute his whole life. He prayed for him, and in an instant, like flicking a switch, he was perfectly fluent. And the people were thrilled, and it was wonderful. The next night, I was in another community. Gave the invitation. People came forward to receive Christ. And as I began to pray a blessing over them all, which I like to do, one of our team went and prayed for this girl at the back, and suddenly I heard all this commotion. She had been deaf for uh, 10 years, since she was three when she got meningitis. And she prayed for her, and she could hear. She's crying, her grandmother's crying, her mother's crying, and the place went ballistic. But here's what happened. Suddenly I had this sadness, and I couldn't figure out why am I sad in the midst of this. And everybody was looking at the girl. Nobody was looking up at the front at me. So I could just pull back. I said, Papa, what is this? Why do I feel sad? Ryan, he said something to me that I'll never forget. And if people can get this, it's a key. It's a key for healing. He said to me, you remember the 12-year-old boy last night who couldn't speak and then he could? I said, of course, Papa. And he says, and you see this girl who couldn't hear and now she can? I said, yes. And then he said this. I have been waiting for years to do that, but no one would release it. Do you ever wonder how much, how much the heart of God wants to release in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our world? But, but the great wonder and mystery of the gospel is partnership, and he's waiting for us to release it. Let me give you one more key. There's more, but I'm going to give you the last one. In, uh, in Mark 1, the leper comes to Jesus, says he falls on his knees, and he begged him, if you're willing, you can make me whole. Remember that, Ryan? I do, yes, sir. And it's interesting that he fell on his knees and he begged him. That tells him something. And in your Bible and mine, it, Jesus looked at him with compassion, and he said, I'm willing, be whole. The problem we have is the, 
the Greek language, Thelo, T-H-E-L-O, is much richer than we have there. And so it says, I am willing. Yes, that means willingness, volition. But it also means pleasure, delight. There's even in the root word love. What Jesus was saying to him is, if I'm willing, I love to heal you. I delight to heal you. When the Lord spoke this to me while I was praying for a 20-year-old who'd been for 20 years with huge swollen knees because of rheumatoid arthritis, catching that within months of being born. While I was praying for him, suddenly the presence of the Lord came around me. Another time I'll never forget. And he said to me, you really enjoy doing this, don't you? I said, yes, Papa, I do. And all he said was, me too. And I tell you what, when I teared up, I mean, the, the young man was healed. But I never forgot it. When I am praying for the sick, I am stepping into the delight of God. And frankly, I am experiencing his delight. So those are, those are three keys for healing. And that's that partnering, like we talked about, how we can partner, and that's what you teach, how we can partner with Jesus to do the works that he did in greater. Right? That's absolutely right. That's it. Now, you talk about how we're supposed to be moving in the rhythm of the kingdom. What do you mean by that? Ah. Well, there is a movement. There's a movement to the kingdom. It's a movement, the movement of Jesus. And, and, and when we get in, in, in step with that, things happen with a supernatural acceleration. And, and I kind of look, there's three main signposts that I always can see when, when, when Jesus is moving. And, and it's rescue, reconciliation, and restoration. And I watch when Jesus is moving, there's rescuing of lives. Again, it's the restoration. It's the, it's the reaching down and, and changing the life of a, of a, of a person. It's rescue. Um, you know, a little while ago, well, a few years ago now, on one of our trips, I was in a, a remote part of India, and we were doing a mobile medical clinic in a Muslim community, 100% Muslim community, and we do a lot of that, Muslim and Buddhist and Hindu, because the kingdom's for everybody. Anyway, a Muslim mother brought her seven-year-old daughter into the clinic and said, she's deaf, I need medicine so she can hear and the, uh, the nurse said, there is no medicine for that, but I'll pray for you. And Jesus will, will heal. I'll pray for your daughter, and Jesus will heal her. So she did, and suddenly the little girl's eyes got big, and she started looking around. We see this happen a lot, Ryan, because, of course, hearing is a sense they've never connected with before. And our, our team member, Sylvia, she said, just spontaneously, she said, oh, God, you're so good. And this little girl who'd never heard and never spoken said back to her in English, Oh, God, you're so good. I mean, how does the Lord even do that? <laughs> and the mother realized what's going on, and she started to speak to her in Telugu, and she just turned and talked to her. A, a life rescued. So, you know, I'm not going to take all the time to give stories for each of those points, but this rhythm of the kingdom is about rescue, reconciliation, and restoration. 
I want to put it in a slightly broader paradigm. When we start moving in the way that the kingdom works, in the way Jesus is moving, it comes with a supernatural favor. Things accelerate, things get bigger than we ever That's thought. That's good. I like I'm that. I'm going to tell you, tell you a little bit of a story to show you what I mean. Uh, in 2010, I was in Kenya. While I was there, I discovered a situation in uh, Nakuru, one of the major cities, where uh, women who were selling fruits and vegetables on the side of the road try to feed their kids, because that's what we deal with in the developing world. Where Impact Nations, we're trying to help people not to starve to death. So that's what they do. The police will come by and say, do you have a permit? Well, they don't have the money for a permit. They're just trying to get food. So then they have to go to court. And there they are fined. They don't have money for a fine. So they're put into prison. But if they have children five years old or under, they must go into the cell with them. And when I discovered this, I found out that 50% of the children die in the cell, usually from bad water. And so, God loves justice and he hates injustice, right? The scripture is clear. So, I just took this little step, and with my partner, connected with the mayor and the head of the prisons, we said, if we could pay the fine, would you let the women out with their children? And they agreed. So, on our Impact Nations website, I put that up, and I said, click here, and for $88... You can get a woman and her children out of prison, get them a work permit, and where needed, we'll do job retraining. Well, people clicked on that from all over the world. And these women, my friend, had the pleasure of being able to go to the cell, which are like uh, solitary confinement. You know, it's a solid steel door with a little thing that opens, a slide. And they would open the door and he'd say, you're free. Now... <laughs> There's a whole other story to that I'd love to tell you, but I'll just move on. This is in terms of so all I'm trying to do is rescue some children from dying. But out of that, I got a call months later from my partner, and he was laughing. He said, you're not going to believe what happened. People heard what happened, and, and, and we got favor. And so we were invited to go in and do a Christmas uh, dinner at the men's prison, which is next door. And so... And they let us give them, uh, feed them meat. Part of the punishment there, by the way, Ryan, is they never get anything but uh, corn and uh, beans. But they roasted eight bulls, and they fed 3,000 men. Then they started to sing Christmas carols. And the presence of God came down in the prison yard. And the warden came to my friend Mike, and he said, God's in this place. And he said, yes, he is, Warden. And he said, it's Christmas. You and your team pick 200 men, and today I will give them an unconditional pardon. 200 men got out that day, three from death row. And you see, all I wanted to do was get the kids out. But then out of that, there became uh, an awareness in the media and five months later, I went in with a team, and we were invited to baptize. They baptized 680 men while the national television was there, and they showed the story. And the president of Kenya TV called 
five days later said there's been more demand for this story than has ever happened before. We've had to show it every day. So you see how when you're moving in the rhythm of the kingdom, it just goes bigger and bigger. And then a few months later, because now there's such an awareness of what's going on in the prisons, and you know where I work in the developing world, the prisons are filled with men and women who either never went to trial or their sentence was done two years ago, but they've been forgotten about, etc. In this move of God, what he's doing, the president, in a single day, pardoned 6,000 prisoners. Now, it all started because I wanted to get some kids out of of the cell. By the way, I'm taking some businessmen to get some more out in about another three weeks. This is an example of how broad the kingdom is. It touches everything. I am passionate to see the sick healed, but I am passionate for justice and to see the hungry fed and clean water because it is all the hand of God. It is the mercy of the king. When we move in the rhythm of the king, things go faster and they go bigger than we ever imagined. And I like what you said. When we understand that God delights in healing, we can easily accept that we can receive our own healing. And in his book, When Everything Changes, in a four-CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, he teaches you how to just do that. Receive your own healing and then have the faith and practical training and application and impartation to go do the same. In the CD set, he releases impartation along with, again, the application and the training for you to go in your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your family, wherever it may be, the Starbucks or overseas, for you to move like he was talking about in the rhythm of the kingdom. I'm telling you, this teaching is going to show you how to receive and activate your own healing and pray for others to do the same. And he literally teaches you how to practice praying for the sick. Again, it's the book, When Everything Changes, in the four CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. Just like you're hearing him now, he's training you. He's imparting to you wisdom, joy, and the faith to go do what Jesus did. And, and Steve will be the first one to tell you, he's nothing special. He just goes and does those five little words. May I pray for you? May I help you? May I give to you? Whatever it may be, you need to get a hold of this material so you can go out and do the same and do the works of Jesus. When we come back in our last segment, we're going to talk about a few more stories, but also about how we can put this healing ministry into practice. It's sort of like a call to action. How are we going to Put all this together, and then at the end, don't go anywhere because he's going to pray for for your healing and that you will be released with a fresh impartation to see the people around you healed for the glory of God. We'll be right back. Steve Stewart started out being too afraid to pray for people. Then, as God gave him the keys to access God's kingdom, he began seeing many miracles, including blind eyes seeing, deaf ears hearing, lame walking, pain leaving, cancer and AIDS being healed, verified by doctors. Now, Steve not only sees hundreds of people healed when he prays, but also the people he trained share that they too are seeing miracles when they pray for others. Now, he wants to mentor you. Call now and get Steve Stewart's powerful book, When everything changes and his anointed four-part audio cd teaching set moving in the rhythm of the kingdom yours for a donation of 39 dollars. shipping and handling is included ask for offer number 9455 
through Steve Stewart's powerful book, When Everything Changes, you will understand that it is God's delight to heal everyone. Find out that every believer is called to do the works of the kingdom. Understand that God's kingdom is much more accessible than you ever imagined. Learn how to be an active participant in the kingdom, not just a spectator. Find out keys to begin seeing healing and miracles released and increased in and through your life. Learn how to move when God moves and see miraculous breakthroughs. Steve Stewart's four-part audio CD teaching set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, includes five powerful sessions with teaching, training, practical application, and impartation. Begin to see the kingdom of God powerfully released in your life, including your workplace, school, neighborhood, church, and family. It's like having Steve Stewart personally train you as he teaches the keys to healing, miracles, deliverance, and sharing the gospel of God's kingdom with others. I've trained over 10,000 people who've gone out and healed the sick. I take people with me to nations around the world and they all heal the sick every day. Many of them are absolutely brand new. Included in these resources are powerful prayers of impartation. When someone is moving in healing, that is the dinner bell for salvation. You stop being a spectator. You become an active participant. And I want you to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater. I can't wait to get in your hands the book When Everything Changes and the four CD set moving in the rhythm of the kingdom. It's time to receive your own healing and be used to pray for others. Get ready to enter into the realm of God's kingdom. Call now and get Steve Stewart's powerful book, When Everything Changes, and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9455. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9455 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Okay, we're back with Steve Stewart, and we are hearing the wonderful things that God is doing in his ministry. And even better than that, he has a passion and a burden for you to do the same thing wherever you're at. Now, Steve, you talk a lot about activation, and you have a, a good, simple story of a situation that happened in India in regards to activation. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, I could probably tell you several of them, but um, let me tell you one where there was a woman uh, lying just on a on a pallet on a mat, and her her legs were shriveled up, her arms. Uh, I suspect she'd had a, a stroke some years earlier. And as I was walking by on my way to another place, I looked and I said, "Who's this?" And the guy with me told me, "Oh, she's always just there." And suddenly, just faith arose in me, a little bit like Acts 3, you know, and I, and I walked over and I looked at her and I took her by the hand and I, I, whatever words I said, you know, I commanded the healing. And then I looked at her and I said, stand up. And she had the choice to make. She could have just laid there and understandably, right? Oh, I've been here for years. I can't say, but she didn't. She looked at me and faith rose up and suddenly she just stood up and as she did, it's like her limbs just filled out. And she looked at herself, and she looked around, and she said something, and she ran away. About 30 minutes later, I was off doing other things. I come around a corner, and I saw her telling a crowd of about 40 people 
what had just happened to her. And, uh, of course, we got to see them come to the Lord. She could have just laid there and not activated. I do that all the time. By the way, I, I had somebody just a couple of weeks ago uh, here in America, you know, and I prayed for them because they, uh, they had great difficulty walking and great pain. I prayed for them, and they said, thank you. I said, no, no, thank you. Come with me. Come now. And you need to now test this out. You've got to activate this. And as they did, whew, and they're walking back and forth and back and forth, and the husband's crying. But if they said, no, no, I can't do that, then they miss out. We have to activate our faith. And you teach that there is even a greater level of activation than the simplicity of what you said. Talk about that. Well, I think that activation, if we could turn the activation coin to the other side, the North American, the Western Church needs to be activated. I love uh, John 1.14, and the Word became flesh. E. Stanley Jones transliterated that, the ideal became real. We can stay in the theoretical, Ryan, till the cows come home. We can, we can just listen and listen and listen. There comes a day we need to decide, do I want the Word to become flesh? So for me, we need to activate I make myself, you know, I travel all over the world, and I get to do all this stuff. But when I come home, I don't want to simply watch television and mow my lawn. I need to make myself say, no, I'm going out to where the poor are. I'm going to go out and pray for people today. I'm going to go give a little bit of fruit away or something. We have to activate. That goes back to the simple first baby step of when we see somebody limping at the store, or we hear somebody say, oh, I got a headache, we, those words again, may I pray for you. That's like activation 101. But changing my priorities, changing, making a decision to follow Jesus, and he's always on the move. Following Jesus isn't about singing songs about following Jesus. It means going where he's going. Remember in the last segment, I said, where he's going, there's rescue, reconciliation, restoration. So activation for us means go out and do the work of the kingdom. Go find where the poor are. Go find where the sick are. And just in, in obedience and in mercy and compassion, say, hey, could I pray for you? That's the other part of activation. And you like to say, ask God what he's going to do. Yeah, but I got good news for you. He's always doing something. So we don't have to say, gee, is there anything you're going to do? Oh, Lord, just show me where you are. And uh, and he's always taking us there. Now, I've seen a lot of people, Steve, in that arena, they kind of strive to evangelize. They strive to, mm. you know, they get stressed out and strive to pray for people. But you, you, you teach it and you even come across as someone that, that it's it's easy just doing the, the kingdom. Well, you know, I, I went out to a park a couple of weeks ago, and I had to go with a friend of mine who speaks Spanish because I don't, and I'm in a city that's 47% Hispanic. But I went into a poor area of the city, and, uh, yeah, I, I took a little bit of fruit with me. You know, I just went to the supermarket, got some apples, and and I would give them out say, hey, this is this is for you. But mainly I would just sit at a picnic bench or, or, or just visit with people and let them tell their story and just get to know them. And as they tell their story, 
there's always the opportunity to say, wow, hey, could I pray for you about that? And they always say yes. You see, people are not a program. They're our family. And uh, so when we strive to do evangelism or strive to get out, get people healed, they're a program, and they feel it. And besides, that's not the way Jesus ever did anything. He knew that Papa would bring him people who were ready for that encounter of empowered compassion. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I, I really feel the presence of the Lord. Would you please pray for people that are listening right now to be healed and then release them to go do the same? Sure. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Come to us all, Lord. Thank you. You love to heal, Jesus. We never have to beg you to do it. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are healing. So I just pray right now that just the release of your spirit, of the, of the very essence of who you are. And in the name of Jesus, I speak now to the listeners. I speak to your bodies. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, I tell your body to receive healing. I tell inflammation to go. I tell arthritis to go. I tell chronic migraines to go. I speak to every kind of cancer. I curse every rogue cell in your body and command it to be eliminated. I release the healing of Jesus, the limitless healing of Jesus to all who listen right now, and I tell you, receive it. Receive the power of heaven. Receive the love of Christ manifest in your body. And also in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless you to take the kingdom into your neighborhoods, to take the kingdom across the back fence, to take the kingdom to the shops, to the coffee shops. In the, in the name of Jesus, I release a blessing and an anointing, an authority that only he can give because he gives authority to sons and daughters to release the work of the kingdom. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we close and before we ha have you talk about your own book and CD set, Steve, give us, give us a call to action. What do we do next? Okay. Well, you can learn some of these simple principles from the, the book or the CD. But then what we do is we make a change. Um, we make a change in our priorities. We say, I'm going to actualize this and, uh, and go out, go out into your community or have your community in. We never even had time to talk about the, the gift of hospitality that, that, that Paul said, pursue hospitality where people come to us. But whether they, we open up our whatever, our Thursday night once a month, that people can come on over, our neighbors, and as we get to become friends, there's always opportunity to hear the ashes in their lives and to pray for them. Or we say, you know what? Once or twice this month, I'm going out to where the poor are. I'm going to bless them with some simple thing, and I'm going to simply listen, because I think listening is the greatest act of love. And in the listening, I'm going to say, hey, may I pray for you? 
those are tangible, concrete decisions we can make. Well, there you go. There are your marching orders, and anybody can do that. And don't forget those five simple words that I really loved. May I pray for you? May I pray for you? I like that a lot. And and Steve, you're you're proud of your teachings, and I know you are because uh, they came from your heart and they came from the Lord. So what are people saying about your book, When Everything Changes, in your four CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom? Well, it's, you know, it's been very encouraging. I get, you know, I get emails and I get letters and phone calls, but the most important thing is that they're saying it works. It works. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just a testimony from a pastor in Canada two weeks ago. He he stepped out and he did it at a at a gathering, and uh, and people just got healed. There was this little girl uh, with cerebral palsy who was healed. Who uh, it was a dramatic story. So people are saying this has changed their life because now they're beginning to discover who they really are in the Lord. So that's a that's a big shift. And you know, Ryan, if I could just add for a moment. We take people out all the time to the nations. You can't go. Ryan, you couldn't come in and watch the Lord use you maybe a hundred times to heal the sick and maybe lead a hundred people to Christ yourself over ten days. You couldn't have that happen and then go home and just sit in a pew. Um, it changes us. We begin to discover who we really are. Okay, Steve has not only seen thousands upon thousands of people healed himself, but he trains, he equips you to see miracles through your own life as you pray for others. And he has a wonderful track record that the people that he trains to do the things that Jesus taught us to do, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the healing, people are seeing the same results and greater. You will find that teaching in his book, When Everything Changes. And then in his CD set, his four CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. I love that title. He teaches you and trains you the practical application and impartation and how to go do the gospel. It'll teach you how to see the kingdom of God manifest powerfully and be released in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your family, on missions trips, at your work. Imagine all the people at your job that just at your job that are going to be touched through this teaching. I'm telling you, this teaching will minister to you. And here's what it'll do. Like it like it did for me. It'll give you the passion to do what Steve is doing. It'll give you the passion to go take back what sickness and pain has stolen from you and from your family. Again, the book, When Everything Changes, in the four-CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom. I'm Ryan Bress, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our special guest, Steve Stewart. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get these resources. Steve Stewart not only sees hundreds of people healed when he prays, but Everyone he trains sees miracles when they pray for others. This resource is like having him personally training you as he teaches the keys to healing, changing the atmosphere, how to restore hope, and how to set the captives free. Steve's book, When Everything Changes, and his four CD set, Moving in the Rhythm of the Kingdom, 
for an investment of 39 US dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9455. Once again, the offer number is 9455.